0: what's going on everybody i'm thomas robertson your host and this is outside the glass episode 12 thank you everybody for tuning in unfortunately today i am on my own my co-host katie harper has been ruled out for today's podcast with an illness and she is considered day-to-day right now so we'll we'll keep you developed on that situation but just me again today guys thank you for tuning in And we got a great slate of topics for you today. Going to talk about the Bruins and their incredible point streak they have going on. Talk a little bit about the Flames and how they've taken a step back since their win streak. Also, going to get into Crosby's hot play, Ovechkin's milestones, and what a better time to compare the two than right now. So, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. And. I guess we'll talk a little bit about the All-Star Weekend. I mean, who really cares about that stuff? But, again, great slot of topics. We're going to jump right into it. We had some great action all across the NHL last night. And we'll start with going back to the Bruins. They get a 3-2 victory over the Senators last night. And... Very impressive for them to get that win, especially without Brad Marchand, who has been suspended for five games, without Charlie McAvoy, who had a heart procedure to correct an abnormal heart rhythm. Very scary for the Bruins, but it doesn't look to be too serious. But again, this team has an 18-game point streak. That is absolutely incredible. And even without Marsh and without McAvoy, those star guys, they have depth to get them through those times. They have nine players with over 20 points on this team. That's a very impressive mark. 15 on the team in double digits. But going back to those star players, Bergeron has 18 points in his last 11 games. And, and, and throughout maybe the first half or so, of this impressive point streak for the Bruins, it wasn't those main main guys that were getting it done. They they relied on that secondary scoring, which you absolutely have to have to have sustained success like this. But over the second half or so of this of this streak for the Bruins, it's really been those top guys that have propelled them past the competition. Again, Bergeron, 18 points in his last 11. 22 points in the streak. Brad Marchand, 18 points in. In his last nine games, 24 throughout the point streak. But again, he's suspended five games for an elbow on Marcus Johansson. And if you look back at that tape, the first time that I watched it, I was like, okay. Well, he just fell down and, and happened to catch Johansson with his elbow. There's really nothing going on there that deserves a five-game suspension. I was I was curious as to why. But then I got the angle from behind Marchand. And that's when you can tell he's skating hard to the net. And he kind of starts to lose control. Still not fully out of control, but I feel like he knows he's going down. And he sees Johansson, clearly can tell that he knows he's there, and he cocks back his right elbow. And then as he's falling down, follows through with that elbow and catches Johansson in the face. Unfortunately, Johansson has suffered a concussion from that ordeal, but... Looking at that angle from behind Marshan, you can clearly tell that there is intent to cock back that elbow and follow through, even though he he makes it look like it's just because he's falling down. And I think that's something that... It happens so fast that you can't really say that Marshan's thought process is, I'm going to hurt Johansson right here. I'm going to take him down with me. I'm going to give him a concussion right here. But I think it's more an instinct for Marchand. He just has that killer instinct, sort of almost a dirty instinct to be a player that, that unfortunately is a dirty player sometimes. And so I'm not saying he's a horrible person that wanted to hurt Johansson, but in that moment, as he's going down, I just think that it's part of his nature to get that shot in as he's going down. And it's not good. It has no place in the game at all. And he, I believe that, honestly, he could have been given an even bigger suspension, especially because he's a repeat offender. He's had quite a few suspensions in the past. So I was surprised when he wasn't offered that in-person hearing, meaning he's only going to get five games or less. But regardless, again, I do think that should have been maybe around an eight-game, ten-game suspension, but... Because of how big of a star he is in this league, he's developed into a really a star player for this Bruins team. Don't know if that factors into it for the NHL. Especially because... And it's confusing because, you see, I talked about this a lot on the Zach Ronaldo incident. Is that the NHL seems to dole out suspensions often based on the consequence. And Johansson is hurt here. He's given a concussion. So... From the past decisions the NHL has made, I, I was sort of expecting a larger suspension, but they don't give it to him. Again, out five games, which could be... I, I'm not expecting it to hurt this Bruins team a whole lot, especially after their victory last night. It was against a struggling Ottawa team, but they still look good. They don't have McAvoy as well. Those are two, of the, two players they've really been leaning on. not I don't want to say leaning on because they have that depth, but two of the better players on this team. That have really emerged as as star players. Again, McAvoy out two weeks after heart procedure. Scary moment for the Bruins. You never want to have problems with with any sort of kind of internal ordeals, like organ stuff. You saw Chris Kreider go down with a blood clot. You never want to see stuff in internal injuries that could have a bigger meaning outside of just their ability to perform in the game. But Only going to be out two weeks, it looks like. So that's good news for the Bruins. And it's unfortunate timing because they got this streak going, but ultimately I'm not sure that the Bruins really care about the streak itself. They just care about trying to get as many points as they can pick up I don't think they're thinking about this point streak right now they're just rolling they're really hot playing great hockey again like I said the top line Bergeron Pasternak Marchand incredible but they have so much other depth so much other scoring but again Pasternak going back to him 13 points in his last 11 so great to get production on on the on the front end from from one of those younger guys, Bergeron and Marchand, been around a little bit longer. But they got some fresh blood in Pasternak. Had a great season last year as well, and he's carried that into this season. But going away from the offense, their defense has actually been the main catalyst for this team. The Bruins have only allowed 116 goals all season, and that is good for best in the NHL. And it's just because they have, again, it's the same situation with the forwards. They have these star guys on the blue line as well, but they're also just so good top to bottom. You got Zdeno Chara leading the team in ice time with 23 minutes and 26 seconds per game. 83 blocks is good for the best on the team as well. And he's 40 years old. So it's incredible to see what he's been able to do leading the team in ice time at 40 years old is is amazing. He's he's just a machine. This guy, and again, 83 blocks even at his age. He's not afraid to get involved and and put his body on the line for his team. Charlie McAvoy on the other end of the spectrum, 20 years old, half the age of Chara. Incredible, but he's second on the team in ice time as well. 22 minutes 49 seconds. So he's really found his place on this team eating up minutes for them and being a go-to guy. 56 blocks, 102 hits. So all those marks in ice time, blocks, hits, good for second on the team. But, again, blocks, hits, but he's contributing to the offense as well significantly with 25 points. Tory Krug, a staple in Boston, 28 points for him. But then even a guy like Kevin Miller has got 106 hits to lead the team, third on team in blocks. But he's also a double-digit scorer in his own right, so they've got just so much talent on the blue line that it's scary. With their forwards as well, it's the same scenario. They just have so many different guys that can beat you, but they also have those go-to guys that when things dry up a little bit, you can count on them. That's the situation with Chara on the blue line and with guys like Bergeron and Marchand in the forward position, but then... They have the perfect mix of stars and depth. But another thing is they have a perfect mix of veterans and youth on this team as well. You see it with Bergeron Marchand and then the Pasternak combination giving him some youth on that top line. And then you see it on defensively. You got Chara, 40 years old, being a leader in that locker room and also on the ice. And you got McAvoy bringing in some youth. So it's very impressive the the balance that the Bruins have been able to strike on both ends of the ice and then we haven't even gotten to Tuukka Rask who is arguably the best goaltender in the league he's been the best goaltender in the league over the past month or so that's for sure and this season's got a 19-8-4 record 216 goals against average and a 922 save percentage that's on the season great numbers those are Vesna Trophy numbers right there, no doubt about it. Last 16 starts, however, 14-0-2 with a 1.75 goals against and a 9.38 save percentage. So what this guy's been able to do has been absolutely incredible. And I always talk about the best teams have to have it going in each of the three areas. You could have. Best offense and defense in the league, but if you have a struggling goaltender, it's going to come back to bite you eventually. Same with any of the other aspects of the game. But the Bruins have each three... Arguably, I mean, I I would definitely say... It's hard to say best defense in the league, especially with na- the Nashville Predators and the talent that they have on the blue line, but it's very close between those two teams. So... Easily top two defense in the league. Offensively, they have... I would go ahead and say the best line in the league right now with Bergeron, Marchand, Bergeron, Marchand Pasternak because of what they're able to do at even strength. And and then you have a guy like Tukarask, who you can't say enough about this guy. So the Bruins, for my money, best team in the NHL right now. And... They're still not even on top of the Atlantic division because of what the Lightning were able to do in the beginning of the season. But that's what the Bruins have done in the second half of the season we've had so far. So, really incredible to watch this team. 18-point streak, 18-game point streak again is absolutely amazing. Let's see if they can get it to 20 and beyond. I mean, without Marsh, Marchand and McAvoy, it could be a tough task. But they're going into the All-Star break, so McAvoy should be back within a couple of games after the All-Star break, which is very good news for the Bruins. So keep an eye on this team without a doubt. Very exciting. And they're just on fire right now. Speaking of fire, the Flames have been extinguished a little bit over these last handful of games. Played the Edmonton Oilers last night and lost in the shootout. And that's becoming a recurring theme for the Flames of late. The Flames have lost four in a row in extra time. They lost in the shootout, overtime, overtime, shootout, I believe is the sequence that they have sustained over these last handful of games, and that's immediately coming off of their seven-game win streak. So that's not how you want to follow up a, a loss after a streak. You want to try to get right back on that winning train. Every streak ends eventually, but it's how you bounce back from that, and it hasn't been great from the Flames so far. They've been able to pick up points, but you got to get those two points, especially in the tight Western Conference that they're in, the tight Pacific Division that they're in. And we'll talk about that Pacific Division a little bit later, touch on that briefly, the situation they have going on over there. It's pretty surprising uh, and very competitive in that division right now. But the problem with the Flames has been they've only been able to score. 7 total goals in those 4 games that they've lost in overtime so Mike Smith's been great for them they've gotten great goaltending solid defensively but only been able to score 7 total goals and again that means they've lost all 4 of those in overtime so that means that they've only been getting outscored by 1 so they've been holding teams to 2-3 goals but only able to put up 1 or 2 goals themselves in this last stretch so that's been a problem, and there's only been three combined points from Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan in that time. It's hard for me to blame the failures of the Flames on these two-star guys because of how good they were in that seven-game win streak. And you can't just expect two guys to carry a team for 10-plus games and, and continue to get wins off the backs of those guys. So even though they only have three combined points in the last four that they've lost, I can't put it on them because of what they were doing. They need guys like Matthew Kachuk, Michael Backlund, Michael Furland, and even farther down the lineup, they need guys like Froelich, Troy Brower, Versteeg to step up. Kachuk, Backlund, Furlan, that that little trio right there, right behind Monahan and Goudreau, have been incredible. Each around thirty points at least. So, they've been really good in in providing secondary scoring, but they need more from them. And especially a guy like Troy Brower, Christopher Stieg. Those guys are only hovering around ten points. I think that I think Brower has maybe fourteen points. Versieg has like eight. So. Those are guys that they they're gonna want the, and even for a leak. They want these three guys. They need a cu- at least two of them to be forty point scorers, but they're not getting that production out of those lower out of those out of those lower forwards that they need. They've got great production up top from that pair, and even in the middle of the pack, guys like Kachuk, Backlund, Furlan doing really well. But their bottom six, their third and fourth lines have not been producing to the level that they need. So they need a little bit more secondary scoring. And on a funnier note, when I was looking through this roster, they got, listen to this, they got five guys named Michael on their roster. Are you kidding me? Michael Backlund, Michael Furlan, Froleek, Mike Smith. There's one other guy, probably didn't play a whole lot. They got three Mats on this team, Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk got a couple other guys. It's it's just really funny to look down this lineup and see all these names starting with M. They got two Marks and one Merrick, which I'm going to count as Mark. So three Marks. So 11 of the guys on this team are either named Michael, Matt or Mark. What's going on with that? Somebody look into that because that's strange. I was getting real confused looking through this lineup trying to pick stats out. I was like, "Oh, is Michael, oh my gosh, this is just very confusing to look through there." But again, they need some of those guys named Michael, Matt, Mark. They need those guys to step up because Goudreau and Monaghan can't do it all for them. And that's what you've seen. They had such good seven-game stretches to get them those wins, but you can't count on that forever. The production has gone away a little bit, and they've lost games. That's been a direct result of that, the way I see it. But in terms of a team that's that's continuing their success... Uh, That's the Pittsburgh Penguins. They had a little win streak going. Four, Four wins in a row they got. Suffered a loss. But then they came back and they've been able to continue to build in the right direction. And they've now won seven of their last nine. And... They have they have so many offensive weapons that you could talk about. Phil Kessel has been really really good this season. Arguably their best offensive weapon this season. Evgeny Malkin's been great. You can always expect a guy like Malkin to be fantastic. But the main story right now is is what one what once was a struggling Sidney Crosby is now the most dominant player in the league. Sidney Crosby. Again, the Penguins won seven of their last nine. In those nine games, care to venture how many points Sidney Crosby has? I'll tell you that he has 19 points in these last nine games for the Penguins. Over two points a game in his last nine for Sidney Crosby. Absolutely incredible. Not many guys can do that in this league. Arguably only Sidney Crosby can do something like that. It's absolutely incredible. He has a point in each of those last nine games, but he hadn't had a point streak of three plus games since the start of December, and only a few stretches of point streaks for Crosby. He's been very up and down season for him, but he's starting to find a little bit more consistency with a nine-game point streak, and putting up four-point, three-point games has been it's been incredible to watch him and you can directly attribute the success the Penguins are having right now to the success of Sidney Crosby. It, that's how it's going to be for them this season. They have guys like Kessel Malkin, but their lower core of guys, Gensel, Carl Hagelin, have not lived up to what they are needed to do for this team. So I think what you're going to see this season is it's going to be as Crosby goes, the Penguins go. If he's not able to do... Not necessarily what he's doing right now. Two, over two points per game is insane. But if he's not able to get a point per game for the remainder of the season, at least, at least a point per game for the remainder of the season, the Penguins could easily miss the playoffs. So he's got to continue the success that he's that he's built an incredible foundation, but he has to keep building from there, no doubt about it. And if he's not able to this penguin team could easily be in trouble. And while we're in the Metropolitan Division, Capitals were in action last night. They get a 4-2 victory over the Florida Panthers. And a couple milestones in this game for a player that's, that's used to getting milestones, that's for sure. Alex Ovechkin... Notches his 500th assist in his illustrious career. Huge moment for him, known as a goal scorer, but again, 500 assists is an incredible mark. No matter how many seasons you played in this league, that's very, very impressive. Hits his 30th goal of the season as well. So he picks up a goal and an assist, two point night for Ovechkin. And 30th on the season, it sounds, okay, that's a good season. But again, how early we are in this season and the fact that Ovechkin has gotten 30 goals or more in every single one of his 13 seasons in the NHL. That's one of the most impressive statistics that you'll ever find in hockey. Especially in this modern era of hockey that we're playing in right now. I mean, that's absurd. Thirty goals in each of his thirteen seasons. Wow. It it's it's really hard to fathom the consistency. Even during the lockout season where they only played half a season, Ovechkin reached thirty goals. So it, it's he's a legend, he is the greatest goal scorer to ever play the game. I understand there's Mike the Mike Bossies of the world. The Mario Lemieux of the world, but with what Alex Ovechkin has been able to do, his sustained success throughout his career and the era that we're playing—that he's been playing in—there's there's less goals averaged, no doubt about it. From the time that he was playing to the time that Lemieux was playing, that Bossy was playing, there was just more goals being put up in general. The quality of the goaltending's changed. The padding that a goaltenders wear has changed. This the game has changed. The physicality, everything's changed about the game. But Ovechkin is still able to do something as incredible as get thirty goals in each of his thirteen NHL seasons. So, congratulations to Ovechkin. He's deserved it. He gets a lot of flack for whatever reason. People love to hate this man, but. His stats are undeniable. And great night for Ovechkin last night. And we've talked about Crosby. We talked about Ovechkin. With what both players are doing right now, there's not a better time to compare these two players. Always a fun conversation to have because of how dominant both players are, because they came into the league at the same time, and because they're both still having success and both still the best two players in the league. It's very fun to to compare these guys. I don't, I don't think there's been something like this. It's really hard to remember a time in any sport, in any league, that there were such two clear dominant players. And not just two, but only two. These are the only two guys that came into the league when they did and have had sustained dominance up until this point right now. And I challenge you to find that in any other league. Basketball, sure, Kobe and LeBron were going at it, but they came into the league at different times, and Kobe's out of the league right now. But you, but Ovechkin, Ovechkin and Crosby, again, their their careers are forever linked. You cannot talk about one without talking about the other. So let's just jump right into it. We're going to cover a lot of different aspects of of the game in this comparison, and. I think that you'll find that it's going to be very hard to make a decision. We're going to start off with goals. Just started off with Ovechkin and his impressive goal numbers. So we'll start right there. Again, 30 goals in each of his 13 NHL seasons for Ovechkin. Crosby has not hit 30 goals in five of his 13 seasons. Granted, this season is not over yet, and he's got 17 goals right now. So it will be close to whether he hits 30 or not this season. He's on pace to hit just above 30, I believe, around 31, 32 goals. So the way he's playing, I do expect him to hit it this season. But for right now, since Ovechkin has hit that mark, and throughout all of these stats I'm going to be talking about, I will be taking into account this season as well. So every single season is in play, including this one. Crosby not hit 30, and 5 is 13. And he has had injury problems, but... But that's that's far from an excuse for me, if anything, that works against his case because durability is something that needs to be taken into account. If you have a bad season where you play and you have a bad season, you're hurting your team just as much as if you don't play at all. Even more so if you don't play at all because then you have a guy that steps up into your position that probably is not even playing as well as you would if you were playing poorly. So... I do think you have to take that into account, whether you think it's fair or not. Yes, it doesn't determine skill, but when you talk about a player's legacy, when they're able to play so many seasons in a row, so many games in a row, that's a very impressive thing to do. And Crosby, he's gotten back healthy these past five or so seasons, but he had some injury struggles in the middle of his career. And he has played a couple of full seasons and not hit 30 as well. He had a season where he played 77 games and only hit 28 goals. So... It's very obvious when you talk about these two players that Crosby does not have the goal-scoring firepower that Alex Ovechkin does. Like I said, Alex Ovechkin, in my opinion, is the greatest goal-scorer to ever play the game of hockey. So Crosby's not touching that, but Crosby has hit 50 goals before. He he has the ability to score a lot of goals, and he's won two Rocket Richard trophies. He hit 44 goals last season. Outscored Ovechkin, so he, he's able to do he is able to score goals 100 percent, but not in the massive amounts that Ovechkin can and not with the consistency that Ovechkin can, not even close. So in terms of goal scoring, this and this is another one of the most impressive stats that I've ever heard. Ovechkin has scored 50 plus goals in seven out of his 13 seasons, so that's including this season. So, if he hits 50, which he is on track to do, he will have scored 50 goals in 8 of his 13 seasons. That is unbelievable. It's that like the, Those stats just blow my head off when you talk about how Ovechkin has been able to score so many goals in this league. 50 goal scorers are nearly impossible to come by. Stamkos has done it a couple of times in his career. But it's hard to think in the in the Ovechkin Crosby era since they came into the league. It's hard to think of fifty plus goal scorers. It it's very difficult. I can think of Steven Stamkos and that is in Alex Ovechkin, but he has done it seven times on track for eight times in his last thirteen seasons. So that is absolutely incredible to think about. And again, Crosby has done it once, but only one time compared to Ovechkin's seven. It shows you the disparity that there is between the goal-scoring prowess of these two players. And again, Ovechkin hit 65 goals in the 07-08 season. So that, that, again, that's just astonishing. 65 goals is... It's going to be tough. It's tough to claim that we'll see that again unless there are changes to the goal scoring to the to the padding that goalies wear and to the overall culture of the game to where goal scoring spikes rapidly in the league league wide but if that doesn't happen then a 65 goal scorer is hard to imagine right now but Ovechkin did it and that's absolutely insane so Again, goal-scoring prowess. Advantage easily goes to Ovechkin. Recent play. These guys are getting up there in age. They're in their 30s. Ovechkin's 32 years old. And Crosby is... is. I'm not sure. He's he's in his early 30s. So these guys are getting up there. But again, their success has, has really been sustained with what they've been able to do in these past handful of seasons. And... It's hard to pick what who's been the better player in the back half of their careers. Ovechkin did have a dip in his play last season, only putting up 33 goals and 36 assists, only. But that that is a slump for a player of his of his caliber. But scored 50 plus goals in the three seasons prior to that. So, 28, 29, 30 years old each of those seasons scored 50 plus again a little slump last season but he's on track to hit 50 again this season if he does that if he scores 50 goals in the, in the last 4 of his last 5 seasons especially getting in your 30s that's an incredible mark to hit but crosby on the other hand Ovechkin has had massive highs with those three 50 goal seasons in his last in his last 5 but Crosby has been the model of consistency. Throughout his career, and especially throughout these last handful of seasons where he's been able to avoid injury, he has put up over a point per game in each of his last four seasons. He's done it every season his career, which is that's incredible. That's one of those stats where you look at Ovechkin's goals and what he's been able to do. But Crosby putting up a point per game... In each of his seasons in the NHL, that's one of the stats that will really shock. That's incredible. Not that that sustained success. That is amazing. You look at guys that get point per game now for one season, and you consider you're like, well, wow, he he could make a case for MVP. Crosby's done that every season of his career. It's nothing to him. So unbelievable the way he's able to put up points and put up 104 points and 68 assists. In the 2013-14 season. So, neither of these guys are showing signs of slowing down. Crosby was showing a little bit of signs earlier in the season. But with what he's done the last nine games, no way. This guy's clearly got a lot left in the tank if he can stay healthy. And he, he has been absolutely incredible. He's on track for a point per game this season. He's got 55 so far in 51 games. So, in terms of recent play, it's hard... To pick one of these guys, again, Ovechkin, 50 goals, 50 plus goals in three of his last four complete seasons. If he hits 50 this season, which he's on track to do, that will be five, four 50 plus goal seasons in his last five. So it's hard to argue that, but with what Crosby has done, putting up a 100 point season... In his last. Handful of seasons. Putting up a point per game. In every single one of those seasons. I'll give a slight edge to Crosby. In recent play. Absolutely. And this is all regular season right now. So slight edge to Crosby. In recent play. Points. Again we talk about what Crosby's been able to do. Crosby's hit 100 plus points. Five times in his career. That's another very very. Very impressive mark. But. Ovechkin has hit that mark four times. 100 plus points, he's hit it four times in his career. And over half of those points, if you look at his 100 point seasons, over half of those points are goals. You look at Crosby's, he's hitting 70, 80 assists in those seasons. So, I mean, you tell me what's more impressive. Uh, Five 100 point seasons with around 70% of those points being assists or doing it four times, but having over 50% of those points being goals. I'm taking Ovechkin in that specific area. But again, Crosby, well over a point per game each season of his career. Ovechkin, definitely, he's gone at quite a handful of seasons not hitting a point per game. But he does average over a point per game in, in his regular season career. Which it again, for a pure goal scorer is so impressive. And another thing that frustrates me about Ovechkin is he gets critiqued a lot for not being a dynamic player anymore, for settling for those goals from the left circle on the power play. That's the only goals that he gets. Oh, that's like when I see a video on Twitter of him blasting a rocket from the left circle, he'll get criticized for that. He's, oh, that's the only way he can score goals. All his goals are the same. But... That's what separated himself this year. Last year had that slump year, and I will admit it to you that that was the case last season. He was settling. He had more power play goals than even strength last season and only got 33 goals. But this season, Barry Trout said it best. Ovechkin had too much glide in his game last season. But he has eliminated that completely. You look at him... At even strength, he is flying all over the ice. He's everywhere. He's playing defense. He's moving around offensively. He's getting to the dirty areas, getting to the paint. So he's eliminated the glide from his game, and he's getting goals in different ways as a result of that. So been very fun to watch what he's been able to do and how he's been able to score different goals. But I'll give the slight edge to Crosby as well in points, even though... What Ovechkin's been able to do as a goal scorer, but still putting up over a thousand points in his career. But again, going back, just I know it sounds like I'm, I'm praising Ovechkin and not recognizing Crosby's achievements. Crosby has been the most consistent player in the league ever since he came into it. Over a point per game in each season is absolutely. Absolutely amazing, and I will give the edge to Crosby in points as well. So goals, no question, Ovechkin. Recent play, got to give it to Crosby just by a hair. Points, give it to Crosby by more than a hair. Assists, Crosby, 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 Crosby. Best passer in the league since he came in. No question about it. 60-plus assists four times in his career. Putting up 40, 50 assists seasons like it's nothing. And Ovi has never hit the 60 assist mark. So, that's that's something to consider heavily. Crosby, 60-plus assists, four times. Ovechkin never hit 60. Career high, 59 assists. So, he almost got there one season. Not quite able to get that done. So, massive edge to Crosby in assists, as he deserves, postseason. So, you look at this so far, and and again... Crosby has won three categories in the recent play, barely in the recent play. Barely. Very close. Might as well call it a tie. Points. Crosby gets the edge by a little bit, again, because of how much more valuable goals are than assists. Um, And then you look at assists. Crosby has the advantage. So, right now, despite all of that, I think Ovechkin has the advantage overall. Overall. Because if you look at those point numbers, it's very close. Recent play, Ovechkin has been incredible. He's been better than Crosby this season, even with what Crosby has done over the last handful of games. So, you look at the goals. You look at the total points. I mean, he's not that far off in terms of points per game and total points. But so many of those points are goals. And Crosby just cannot put up goals like like this man can. So I have the slight edge to Ovechkin right now. And another thing, again, that you have to take into account is durability. Looking forward, what is going to happen with these two players? Alex Ovechkin, to me, easily plays until he's 40 years old, at least. And continues to put up goals. Just like we saw with Yager, he's slowed down now. But a couple of years ago, as a 43-year-old man, 42-year-old man getting 20-plus goals—that's something Ovechkin will do. The way that I see it, has never had struggled with a long-term injury problem ever in his career, and easily has the capability with with the way he's able to score in different ways. He can easily put up 30-plus goal seasons in his upper 30s to even 40 years old. So you look at that and I can't say the same about Sidney Crosby right now. I could see him playing until he's 40 but not putting up these 80 game seasons at that age. He's got concussion problems. That is a that's a that's a very concerning thing. Especially when you get up in age that starts to catch up with you in a big way. So slight edge to Ovechkin right now but we get into the postseason and this is where Crosby separates himself Crosby 164 points in 148 career postseason games and 3 Stanley Cups which I don't put as much weight on as a lot of other people do when they talk about individual prowess I think that Cups championships are taken too much into account but you have to easily consider it considering the man has three Stanley Cups, captained those teams and put up over a point per game in those Stanley Cup runs in his postseason career. Ovechkin gets a bad rap for his postseason play. I could see why outside fans that don't pay as much attention to the Capitals in the postseason would criticize him because of how good some of these cap teams have been but they haven't been able to get past the second round. But you look at Ovechkin's numbers, they're still very impressive. 90 points in 97 career playoff games. So right at a point-per-game pace. Slightly off his regular season pace, but still very impressive. Better than most players. Better than pretty much every player besides Sidney Crosby in terms of postseason success. But again, no Stanley Cup championships. So... You look at those, I don't take as much weight into the three cups versus zero. I think that if Ovechkin gets one cup, that puts him right with Crosby. You can't put Crosby ahead of Ovechkin anymore if Ovechkin is able to get a Stanley Cup. But right now it's 3 to nothing that's that's huge that Ovechkin has no championships. If he's able to just get one, even though Crosby will still have 3 to Ovechkin's one, he just has to get one championship. That's just how good of a player he is in the regular season. He I that's how much I feel Ovechkin is a better regular season player than Crosby. But again, Crosby not only does he have the championships, he individually has played better than Ovechkin in the postseason undoubtedly. 164 and 148 compared to Ovechkin, slightly off that pace. Going to the advanced possession metrics, again, Crosby slight edge in Corsi, 54%, Corsi 4 for Crosby, Ovechkin 53.5%. Again, another thing I hate, people really rag on Ovechkin for, you. you can't knock his individual skill and prowess. Nobody's doing that but they people Ovechkin critics 100% will always bring up the fact that he's making his team worse despite the fact that he scores so many goals he doesn't help his team enough on offense not enough assists he doesn't play defense he's not he's horrible on defense he's a liability look at the Corsi look at the numbers look at the facts Look at the plus-minus. If you want to say he doesn't play defense, look at, and again, the Corsi as well. We'll all show you that he is an elite player all over the ice. 0.5% off Crosby and Corsi. And I don't read too much into Corsi, but I do think it's a valuable statistic for what it tells us. And it tells us that the team, the Capitals, Corsi relative is above three. So, it tells us that the Capitals play better when Ovechkin's on the ice. They outscore their opponent when he's on the ice. So I don't I don't know what to tell you there. It's it's pretty obvious that he's not a liability to this team in any sense of the word. But again, Crosby's slightly better of an asset in terms of if you're looking at Corsi, 54%. Higher relative Corsi as well. All offensive zone starts. Ovechkin has the edge 56.5% to Crosby's 55.2%. I don't read a whole lot into this statistic either. That just means that. The Capitals are facing off more in the offensive zone compared to the defensive zone when Ovechkin's on the ice. But, again, there's a lot of different factors that play into that. But, for what it tells you, it does tell you that the Capitals are on offense more than they are on defense when Ovechkin's on the ice. Same same situation with Crosby as well, though. So, advanced metrics, Crosby gets the slight edge because Corsi, Fenwick, they mean more. Then zone starts, and Crosby has the slight edge in those. So overall, these are two of the best players to ever play the game, without a doubt. And both of them have been so fun to watch. But because of the postseason success, you have to give a slight edge to Sidney Crosby. I hate how people say it's obviously Crosby. He is, without question, the best player of this generation. Ovechkin is, is literally right there. And... The only thing that's holding him back is hoisting that Stanley Cup. If you take away postseason completely, look at the regular season numbers, Ovechkin is the better player. And if you ask me who I'd want on my team, I'm picking Ovechkin. And if you ask me to give my subjective opinion, overall I think Ovechkin's a better player because he's a more fun player to watch, he puts up more impressive numbers, and I just believe that he does more he gets hits plays he's fight me on it i think he plays great defense last season a little bit of a little bit of a different scenario not even last season last few seasons when he put up like a minus 35 but outside of that great player on defense as well gets back gets turnovers so Again, subjectively, Ovechkin is my guy 100%. think he's a better player than Crosby. But if I'm looking objectively, taking the postseason into account, absolutely, Crosby gets a slight edge. But again, what a treat for NHL fans. Whatever team you root for, these two guys, it's hard not to to love to watch them. And going back to the Pacific Division that I was mentioning earlier going from these two Eastern teams across the country to the Pacific. It's been a very interesting scenario to look at because I think that this division gets ignored a little bit because of the Metropolitan Division, how close it is. Because of the Central Division, how close it is. Excuse me, but if you look at not only... The close nature, the competitive nature of these divisions. One of the biggest things that I'm looking at with this Pacific division is the surprises that we've gotten from this division. If you look at the Pacific compared to any other division, I think you will find the most surprises, the most shocks, and the most twists and turns from this Pacific division, without a doubt. Even looking past Vegas, which you don't want to look past them because they're the best team in the league, arguably. Easily a top three team in the league. And they're at the top of the Pacific Division. But you look at a team like San Jose, who's in second place in this division, I don't think think that a whole lot of people had them in that position. They were, to me, a fringe team for the playoffs. Probably a seven seed in the West. That's about where I had them placed. But right now, second place in the Pacific. They have one of the best defenses in the league. So... That's been a surprise. Calgary in third place in this division. Maybe a few people had them there. I would not be surprised to hear that the experts had picked them to have success. But again, I saw them as more of a five seed, six seed maybe. And that's about where they are right now. So... not a huge shock, but again, there's other teams that I think people would have had there over Calgary. So honestly, I'm looking at the Sharks and the Flames. I'm looking at six, seven, eight seeds at the beginning of the season that are right now second and third in the specific division. They're looking to get top four seeds and being very competitive. So the other teams that you look at that are sitting behind this top three that I don't think anyone had this nobody certainly had these three teams as their top three you look at Los Angeles Kings a lot of people had them to have more success this season especially the Anaheim Ducks injuries have held them back and they're on the outside looking in in this Pacific division the biggest shock in terms of disappointments in this division has been the Edmonton Oilers people had them as their Stanley Cup favorite And they're sitting at 6th in this division behind only the Canucks and the Coyotes. So, not good company for them. But, easily could be some shift there. Edmonton, not making the playoffs. But in terms of those California teams, Anaheim and LA, only sitting a point behind the Flames each. They could easily get into that mix and get as far as 2nd, in this division i expect anaheim to do it i do not expect los angeles to do it because of the age of los angeles i expect them to be more to to flatline they came out hot they've they've decreased now and i think they're going to start to flatline go win loss win loss and stumble their way into the playoffs but i expect anaheim to only get better from here they're they're gelling they have all their key players back so it'll be fun all star weekends coming up don't really care to talk about it. I don't care about it. I don't care about All-Star Weekend for any sport. I think it's pretty miserable actually, if you, if you ask me. I might not even watch the All-Star Game. It's it's a joke. The skills competition is a little better because it's not taken seriously and it can be funny, but the All-Star Game itself, it's not even a game anymore. It's games. It's three-on-three tournament. It's B.S. I don't care. Like, what do you mean? What are you telling me? Why is this pushed so hard? So many ads. So much hubla. Get it out of my face. I don't care. Like, whatever. It's the best players in the league. Yeah, but they're not playing their best. They're not even trying out there. Like, it's not real hockey. So, maybe sign me up for the skills competition. Just because it's players messing around, having fun. The All-Star game, it's not even that. It's just players trying not to get hurt and playing a slow brand, annoying brand of hockey, and scoring 20 goals because nobody's trying on defense either. So, that's how I feel about All-Star weekend. I don't care about it at all. And I just want the regular season to continue going. I I definitely would just rather scrap it completely, but I understand that's never going to happen. It's a moneymaker for the NHL. But I don't see why. I would never buy All-Star merch. Those jerseys are heinous. Ew. I threw up in my mouth when I saw those jerseys. I mean, like, what are they doing with these neon colors? Yuck. I, I Don't they understand? Traditional jerseys are sell better. They look better. But they try to go with this modern look. It's heinous. So... That's how I feel about All-Star Weekend. Sure, you don't care about how I feel about it, but I'm expecting that most of you feel the same way because I just don't understand the attraction. I really don't. And got some game previews for you. Oh, wait, no, I don't because of All-Star Weekend. So that'll end the podcast for this week. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Katie should be back with us next week again. Only considered day to day, but we'll keep an eye on that situation. She's got the illness. Hopefully she'll work through it. And that's been episode 12 outside the glass. Thanks everybody for tuning in again. Check out the great content we got coming out on the website, puresportsnetwork.com and peace out.